Welcome on in everyone to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Wessling and as always I am joined alongside my co-host Mr. Brandon Ness and today um, we're going to be discussing um, some stuff about spring football. Not necessarily the game which was just a practice with scoring <laughs> um, but we'll dive kind of into what like we've taken away from spring ball. Um, a projected depth chart along with some players to look out for. Uh, maybe some uniform talk. Obviously, Iowa State announced the alternate, or not the alternate, the throwback jerseys. Um, and then we also got some basketball stuff to, t- to hit on as well. But before we go ahead and dive into all that, I want to check in on my man Brandon. And uh, h- how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. You know, I had a little bit of sports with- withdrawals up until the spring game. <laughs> so it was good to be- get back in Jack Trice, even if it was 30 degrees with 5,000 people. A couple snowflakes. A couple snow. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, nothing compared to tech. Oh uh, no, tech. Tech was tech was bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, as I mentioned, um, have some basketball stuff to hit on first. Um, so I'll kind of let Brandon segue that. So I'll throw it on over to him. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna try to go in order of things. I think the first one was Kelderman committing as a walk on. Yes. So Cade Kelderman, he um, is from Waukee Northwest, from those in the Iowa area. Um, to kind of give you like his big performance, put up 26 versus Omaha and Waukee. So that's kind of the big thing. He's definitely a really good guard. Um, he turned down an offer to go play at the highest D2 school, which is Northwest Missouri State, um, in order to walk on. So um, I guess Conrad has a bit of an apprentice now. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we've seen so many times with Iowa State in the past, you get injuries throughout fall practice and summer and then you can't play five-on-five five in practice. So it's never a bad thing to have an extra body out there. I don't know how much playing time he'll see, if any, but really in no negative situation. Yeah, and all jokes aside, huge congrats to Cade. Um, obviously, this is um, a dream of his, so big, yep. pr- pretty cool for him. Um, next, I believe, was the, the women's women. edition. Yeah. I'm going to butcher this name. <laughs> Isnell Nadabu. I think that's right. They call her Izzy. That's what I've gathered. Okay. Um, six five. So you got your replacement big once you lose Suarez and Kane. So it's probably the biggest commit they're going to get for this cycle at least. Gives you an automatic double double down low pretty much every game. Yeah. And six fives aren't easy to come by, especially in the Midwest. So that's just a really big get and. It allows you to go against the top level of competition in the Big 12, like the Texas and Baylor's, that always have the bigs that we struggled with even in the Big 12 tournament, even though we won it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really big get for them. That takes them up a whole nother level and puts them in the conversation of being on the bubble probably to start the year with hopefully a couple more guards in the portal still coming. And then after that, we got the news. Was it today? Was it just today? Yeah. Was there a did I sorry I thought I saw there was another guard that committed for the women D2 huh D2 All-American we hit on her last time oh okay okay gotcha but yeah and then today we got news that Hassan's Ward is coming back which we kind of figured yeah we if you guys haven't listened to our episode um about the basketball transfers we kind of went over Trey announcing his commitment to come back um, and we talked about we had basically assumed Hassan was coming back, but that him coming back, there's no roster spots or scholarship spots available, I should say. Um, so Iowa State roster for now, um, unless someone decides to transfer away, it's completely locked up, which is really weird considering it's done this early. I mean, as Brandon noted in that basketball episode, at this point last year, we were still waiting on A.J. Green's decision um, to even if he was going to pursue the draft or not 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 just Iowa State specifically so and Oshun hadn't even committed it was well into May before he even committed so it's nice to have it done but at the same time it is kind of fun to follow all of those guys but it'll be interesting to see where some of these high level guys in the portal right now like Acemas from Oral Roberts it sounds like he's probably going to go to Texas and then my guy Dickinson I really hope he doesn't go to Kansas, but I think he will. Yeah. So that'll be fun to deal with. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all the basketball news we have, and that I think officially kind of puts a stamp on basketball for sure now that everything's in. So 
Um, now we're kind of shifting into what is basically almost the last episode of year one for us in a weird way. Uh, obviously, this is more year two things in terms of previewing next year's football team. Um, but yeah, after this episode, we're definitely going to have a little bit of a break just because not entirely sure what content we have. Um, we'll be sure to obviously look to get more stuff and we'll be sure to let you guys know. And if you guys have any ideas, be sure to reach out to us on Twitter. We'd, we'd, we'd love that. But um, for now, we still have a fun episode ahead. So we're going to dive right on into it. We're going to start things off with the depth chart. Um, so starting off with the offense. And did you want to just read yours off and I will interrupt if I disagree with anything? I'm guessing we're going to match up. Okay. Um, so for the quarterback, um, I think Hunter will definitely be the starter. Um, he's earned the right to start. Um, and the one thing I will want to say, outside of maybe a few guys, I think almost every position is up for grabs. Yeah. Um, after the season Iowa State had last year, no one's really secure outside of, like, TJ Tampa. Um, and there's some other guys. We'll be sure to dive into them later. But um, he's, like, the big one. But there's not many guys that really have a spot locked down. So I do think because of the experience – Hunter is definitely going to start, but he does not have this locked down by any means. He's definitely going to have to earn it. He's got two really good guys behind him. Um, for quarterback two, or uh, the backup, um, I have Rocco or J.J. Cole. Now, Rocco was definitely the second-string guy in the spring game. But again, J.J.'s only been on campus for three months, um, a little over three months. Um, and obviously, spring practice is not that long, and that's where he, really he's getting I think J.J. definitely has the upside. He could eventually become the backup. So that's kind of why I have an or for those guys. Um, diving into the running backs, I have Jirel as the one. Um, I think, again, you, I think the one thing you'll see on from, from ours for the most part is experience will probably get to go for the most part, at least from what we can see right now. Yeah. Um, at the two, I have Eli Sanders or A.J. Harris. Now, I believe Cartavius Norton is still hurt. Um, there's still a couple really good dudes coming in. Um, they're going to be fall camp guys. They're not early enrollees. Abu Sama, I think, is going to be someone really fun to watch in the future. Don't really know how much of an impact he'll make offensively. I think he can get some special teams reps. Um, and then Iowa State's also getting the Minnesota Gatorade Player of the Year, who's a running back. He's also coming in the fall. So the running back room is very open. But for right now, I have Jirel as the one, Eli or A.J. Harris as the two. Yeah. So we have, like, nine guys at running back it seems like yes which as we saw last year it's not a bad thing yeah it's just a lot of competition I'm guessing we're going to see somebody transfer out before the season starts yeah no doubt and I think the one thing for me that I'm kind of hoping and this is nothing against Jirel I don't think he's necessarily um he's not like the three down back that we've kind of had with Brees and David he's injury prone he can't be yeah, and again, this is nothing against Jarrell. I feel like for the most part, we're kind of bigger Jarrell fans than most, I would say. I feel like there's kind of a general disliking to him for whatever reason. It's kind of hard to come after Brees Hall, but um, that, that he's just... <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I think the thing about Jarrell, and there was uh, there's a clip on Twitter actually, but his touchdown run, he made a couple good cuts, and he looks pretty much close back to 100% healthy, so that's good for him. Really hope he gets his fair shake. He's waited a long time for his turn. Um, but, yeah, the reason I kind of am really hoping Eli can kind of take that next step, I would like to see kind of a rushing and receiving impact from the running back spot. Um, whereas I think Sanders has got that quick step, um, or he's just really flashy, um, and he's definitely, I think, would be good out of the backfield um, receiving passes. So that's why I kind of mean in terms of Jirel. I think Jirel is by far the best pass protector. So a three-down back does not necessarily mean like you don't play on third downs. It's just I think it'd be cool to kind of see a mix because I don't think there's a true dominant running back like Iowa State's had, what was it, the past six, five and a half, six years. And again, nothing against Jirel. I just think maybe a two-running back system could be more beneficial for Iowa State from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. I think Jirel is definitely the guy – when you look at how we played last year, it's a lot of you're relying on him to pass block a lot of the times for longer than Deckers is comfortable with, Yeah, I would say. So you need him in there, especially for that third down when it's an obvious passing situation, which we ran into a lot. There's a lot of third and eight, third and sevens, and that's your guy in that position. I do really like Eli Sanders in there for that third down if it is a passing situation. So yeah, if definitely. we can go dual backs, that'd be ideal. I don't know how much we're actually going to see that. Yeah, That's just what I'd like to see. And then Cartavius Norton, I think, is 
he's really interesting because he is injured right now, but he looked really good in some games and iffy in other games. So I think for him, much like the quarterback position, it's a lot of mental seeing where the hole is and hitting it at the right time. Yeah. And if he can figure that out, he can be really, really good along with a lot of these running backs. Eli Sanders is just kind of that receiving guy right now, which is always good to have, especially what we saw in the spring game, a lot of checkdowns. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I didn't mention it, but kind of a the F or the fullback role. Um, we didn't. I don't, I don't have him on my list, but Steve O'Klotz, he'll kind of fill the Jared Russ role. Um, don't really mention him, and that's nothing against it. It's just kind of a position off the depth chart. But but in fullback, I guess it is depth chart, so I should have had him on my list. But yeah, Steve O'Klotz will kind of be the fullback replacing Jared Russ. But uh, diving into the receivers, I think the first. The starting three are pretty straightforward as of right now. I have Jalen Knoll, Jaden Higgins, and Demetri Stanley. Okay. We match up there. What do you have an order for those three? Um, yes. Yeah. So now I think eventually the one and two will swap, but as of now I have Jalen as the one. I have Jaden as the two, and I have Demetri as the three. I have the first two flipped, but I can see it either way. Yeah, I just think starting off, Jalen is the one just because of experience with Iowa State. I think down the line, though, Jaden kind of evolves into that one. I think I just listed it based off of wide receiver one, who is the most like X, and yeah, I think he kind sure. of fits that role. No, yeah, Jaden is definitely, like, he'll be the, the X receiver um, for Iowa State. Um, I, I just think just give him a little time, almost like Hutch. It took him a while um, in that 2020 season before he kind of became yeah. Hutch, and so that's kind of what I'm expecting with Jaden a little bit. Um, so that's why I just, like, right now I have Jalen there. But, again, as we've kind of noted – um, we feel that Jalen's kind of uh, more of a two or a slot receiver for Iowa State, and so I definitely think in terms of the outside, which tends to be more dominant in most cases, is Jaden. Yeah. Um, diving into the kind of the second string, so there's not every position has a second string. The first couple we've definitely had, um, but I have Daniel Jackson and Greg Gaines. I'm really hoping Greg Gaines can kind of develop into this really good receiver, and he definitely showed some flashes in the spring game. Um, he's one guy I can hope eventually kind of is almost in that top three or four. Daniel Jackson was taking a lot of snaps with the first team. Now, granted, Jalen didn't play, Dimitri didn't play, um, but Daniel was up there with first team, so I, he's definitely viewed up there in the depth chart. I just think in terms of the four guys I'm hoping to kind of see, it's Greg Gaines, Jalen Noel, Jaden Higgins, Dimitri Stanley. But Yeah, I just had Nickaway down Yeah, just because I've – Heard good things about him, I guess. Yeah, and the only thing I would also I wanted to put him on there, but I just Greg Gaines is also the four star that was kind of big, and then just never really saw the field. Right. So that's my only thing there. But there's a lot of possibilities there. Even um, Urban O guy Kai Belak. Yeah, he got a lot of playing time with the twos. So yeah, I think there's a lot of talent in the room. It's just figuring out who can be the number one, and then filling in. Other than that, yeah. Diving into tight ends, I think this is pretty similar to last year. Um, I think the ones are Easton Dean and Deshaun Hanica. Um, you've kind of heard kind of our thoughts on those two guys for the most part. If you've listened, if you listened to the football episodes last year, we definitely viewed Hanica as the receiving threat, um, and so I think at times you kind of wish he was the one every now and then. Um, but Easton Dean can be more of an all-around tight end in a sense. Um, as for the twos, I have Tyler Moore um, and Gabe Burkle. Gabe Burkle made a really impressive catch. It wasn't complete. Campbell gave him the touchdown, but it was, I think, it was just a couple cool flashes. Um, I think the tight end room is praised really highly. The one thing I would say, I think receiving-wise, I think it's kind of up there. Um, I would just hope there's development in the blocking game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I hope he gets in with, there with Clanton this offseason <laughs> and teach him how to block a little bit, help the O-line as much as we can, which... It's basically going to come down to the tight ends and O-line if we're any better in the record column. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I, we'll dive right into the offensive line. Now, this is very interesting. Um, I think the offensive line looked really good at the beginning of practice. They were definitely pushing the D-line. Um, I also don't want to give, like, I don't want to hype them up by any means because they are playing a three-man D-line front. Yeah. And so it is a little different. So I'm obviously going to wait until probably Iowa to kind of give them a true assessment of where they're at. Um, and that's still early in the season. Uh, but the one thing I will say in terms of the line where it's very fascinating where guys will end up is Clanton 
is adamant on he doesn't care if you're six eight. Like I think he had a six nine guy as United center last year. Yeah. So he doesn't care how how tall you are or how small you are. He's putting the best five on the field. And so I mean, there's some guys that are listed at guard that are that came into Iowa State as tackle or they were playing guard in the spring game. So in terms of where everyone ends up on the line, I'm not really sure. We, I just kind of have a handful of guys that I think could be getting playing time. So we'll kind of dive into it. At left tackle, I have Tyler Miller or James Neal. Um, I think Tyler Miller was hurt, but James Neal was the starting left tackle. Um, as for the left guard, I'm going, again, this is where I think three guys are very... So my two guard spots are the same, so I'll just do left and right guard. I have Jared Hufford or Daryl Simmons or Grant Triber. Um, Triber was a tackle last year. He's playing guard at spring game. Again, that's kind of what Clanton said. He's going to move guys around. And then as the backup guard, again, a guy who came in as tackle, and I'm going to try my best, um, Oluwafantu Akinshilo. Um I think he, he's as my second string guy, but I think those four are going to rotate between the two guard spots. I'm not sure who's going to start where um, and who starts, um, but I definitely think Hufford, Simmons, and Schreiber have the best chance of being – I think two of those three are definitely going to start to begin the year. Um, for the center, I have Brady Peterson. He was the first team starter in the spring game, and then second string is Jim Boniface. Um, and finally, right tackle, I have Drake. Jake Remsburg. Yeah, I don't even have the depth chart down just because I don't know enough about the offensive line and I am a ball follower. I'm not watching the left tackle on every play. Yeah. It's just a position that as a group needs to be much improved Yeah, since last year. And I'm not sure how much it's going to be because it's the exact same guys. Yeah. And that, that that's where it becomes interesting to see. Um, I think it definitely can I think they definitely can grow. I think um, I listened to player interviews and Campbell's interviews after the spring game. Um, Decker's kind of talked about the offensive lines. I mean, he definitely said they showed improvement in terms of their game skills, but I think the big thing he pointed out was that there's big improvements in their bodies um, and they're getting stronger, their kind of weight room work. Um, so that that will be kind of – I think the big thing that I just want to talk about for the offensive line is Clans bringing this violent me- uh, mentality, so hopefully it pays off. Um, but also it does come down to it is the same guys. So if it's the same thing, then it just kind of tells us the players aren't Big 12 players. Yep. If there's improvement, it was a coaching thing. So I think that's that's the big thing I say for the offensive line. So much of the offensive line, as you mentioned, is the strength coach and just getting them to the spot at the sure. right time. New strength coach are. as well. So it, I mean, this season is going to be very telling of – whether it was the coaching last year that led to some problems or if it is the players, especially on the offensive line. I think we have the guys that running back and everything that we need. If if you don't have time to pass or run the ball, then nobody's going to look good skill position-wise, so it all just comes down to them. Yeah, definitely. And it's been the problem at Iowa State forever, so I, I, I don't know. I hope it's improved, but I'm not going to get my hopes up too much. Yeah. Um, so jumping over to the defense, or anything else you have on the offense as a whole? Not really, no. The wide receivers looked good in the spring game, but then again, it's a spring game. There's not a whole lot you can take away from it. There's nothing, even if the offense did score on every play, I'm not sure you can say, oh, we're going to win nine games now. So I think the the offensive line and the wide receiver look good, but that's the only points I had from the spring game on that. Yeah. I'm scoring the defense again. Um, it is a depth chart, so I'll try to explain this a little bit. Um, again, it's not a straight starting lineup. I just, it's kind of it's a little bit different. But so jumping into who I'm classifying as edge guys, um, I have Joey Peterson and uh, Akena Izagu. Um, I know they call him Ike, um, but Ike is someone they've the coaching staff has talked really highly of. Obviously, he's been behind a couple guys. Um, kind of what I classify as these edge guys are your more your more will type in terms of a finesse pass rusher. Um, so that that's kind of what I would classify. I don't want to just say like straight pass rusher because obviously those defensive ends are do rush the passer. So I would say defensive ends rush the passers and then edge guys 
our pass rushers, if that makes any sense to you guys. So I have Joey Peterson and Ike as the two edge guys or pass rushers. Um, jumping into the D line or the the defensive ends, I have Tyler Onyedem and J.R. Singleton. Um, those are my guess on who will start. I don't think either of those two edge guys will start, but they'll be the the you know the that the first rotation of guys who rotate. Um, but I think Tyler Onyedem and J.R. Singleton are your two defensive ends in that three three five, um, and then nose tackle Isaiah Lee. Um, but then also Dominic Orange, and there's not any ors between any of these because these six. I mean, as we've come accustomed to at Iowa State, it's a very rotation heavy. Yeah. So it's more of a look at your starting D line as six guys because they all basically play a starting role. And sometimes it turns into five, um, like we've seen kind of guys drop off, and it's just kind of a five guy rotation. Um, but I would definitely say Tyler and Yedem, J.R. Singleton, Isaiah Lee, Dominic Orange are the four that I'm like most certain in. I think Ike has definitely a high upside as a as a pass rusher, and we'll see what happens with Joey Peterson. But yeah, I had the same six there. I think Onyadam's really going to surprise people this year. He's yeah. my guy on the D-line. He's showed the most last year. I, he was the number three, so he's not necessarily getting scouted a ton, but I think he just has that quick step off the edge that can really make a difference, especially in the three-down guys. So it's uh, you need somebody to get pressure. That's, we struggled with that a lot last year, so it's just finding one of him or Ike to create some sort of a fill-in gap for Will. It's yeah. an impossible task, but you need something with the three. Even MJ. <laughs> yeah, he's in the draft, so, I mean, yeah, he lost two NFL guys, so there's going to be a lot to replace, and it's pretty much an open battle at this point. Yeah, and I think the one thing I like that you touch on um, T.O. about is that he does kind of give you that pass rush presence from a, from a defensive tackle perspective. Um, I think that's something that if I was state kind of played a more traditional four man D line front every now and then, he would be a really good option as your in- interior pass rush. I mean, him next to Dominic Orange would be super fun in terms of a four man D line front. Yeah. Um, but we're this is we're also being realistic here, so we cannot say that that's not going to happen. It's not probably shouldn't be complaining too much about the defense considering what it did last year and what it's done at, at Iowa State so can't complain too much about the three feet three three five but sometimes I wish there was a little four man sprinkled in every now and then just on the goal line would be nice yeah yeah um but off of kind of some of our vendettas <laughs> uh getting to the linebacker spot um the weak side linebacker I have Gary Vaughn um and then I will say for two of these guys I'm not entirely sure which if they go to weak side or strong side but I have Miles Mendezun um, behind Gary Vaughn. Now, he is listed as a defensive end, but I know that Matt has kind of talked about him being kind of rotating um, from the linebacker spot and that edge position. So kind of what Will was his true freshman year, um, where Will was an outside linebacker, eventually converted to, to defensive end. Um, but Miles would kind of play that role of a hybrid linebacker. Yeah. For the middle, I have Will McLaughlin. I don't have anyone behind him as of right now. I definitely think he has a lead there. And then as my strong side linebacker, I have Zach Lovett. Um, then I have Carson Willich behind him. I think that's going to be a name to really look out for. I think Willich will kind of be in a rotation um, with maybe even Will. I know Carson and Will. I think Carson's an outside linebacker. Um, will played on the outside. Once Reader got hurt, it was him and Willich were the main two, um, and Kendall Jackson. But um, I think Willich will definitely be a guy to look out for. seems like every year there's just one – linebacker that just completely pops about halfway through the season. Yeah. And then he sticks and it's just a freak of nature. Yeah. Up until the bowl game. So I don't think I agree. I don't have anybody on the number two with Will, so that's open and I expect that to be filled rather quickly. Yeah. No and doubt. after playing you and I in Iowa, those are probably the two most run heavy offensives you're gonna see all year you're going to know who the linebackers are that are ready to compete at a high level. Yeah, and I think that was um, like kind of a telling point for last year when you kind of get your group. Yep. And, uh, but, yeah, diving into the corners, um, one of the most easy things to do on the depth <laughs> chart, it's TJ and Miles. Um, it's, I don't even think arguably anymore, I think it is the best cornerback duo Iowa State has ever had. Um, 
you're talking about TJ being an NFL guy for sure. I think Miles eventually will be, but TJ definitely has first round potential if he kind of has the season he had last year and builds on top of that. I'm really excited to see those guys, those two once again. Um, I do have backups for that. I have Darren Porter and Terrell Crosby. Um, most times last year, Iowa State just kind of ran three. Porter, it was it was Porter that just kind of flipped with him. But Porter also switched to corner. I think it was either, I think it was like the second spring practice last year. So he's still fairly new to the position. Um, again, TJ Tampa came in as a receiver, switched to corner. And um, TJ had some growing pains his second year, which is the first year he played. So I think Porter will be interesting. He's definitely the fastest of the bunch. So if he can, can kind of pick up his coverage, he's a nice guy to rotate in to kind of bring you some speed. Yeah, but like you said, this is a really easy selection for pretty much all the way down the West. I yes, mean, at the entire secondary. Right. It's TJ's got one side of the field, Miles has the other, and then safety help if you need it, which you usually don't. Yeah. Um, but talking about those safeties, um, the boundary safety, and again, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a genius or anything. I don't really know what the boundary and the free mean. I know what the middle is. I know that's the star, and I know that's Bo. So there, there's my middle safety. It's Bo or the star. And then I, the boundary and the free are just the two guys outside of Bo. That's just how I'm going to put it. I, um, but those two guys on the outside of Bo, I have Malik Verdon um, and Jeremiah Cooper. Yep, we match up there as well. Uh, I did list down Trayvon McGee and Blake Thompson as kind of those guys behind Malik and Jeremiah. Um, I'm not really sure who will step into kind of that star role behind Bo, um, but I think all five defensive backs are locked in, barring an injury. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> and considering transfer. the targeting calls we get called, we might have to get used to some of these backup guys. Yeah, and they still haven't fixed that. No. Even though they said they were going to. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, there's the defense. And then a quick touch on special teams. Um, Jay Skilbride does think get the start. But I'll be very interested to see what they do with Shackford. Yes. Keegan Shackford, um, he kind of rotated in there every now and then. I think he's the PAT guy. Yeah. And then they'll use Jay's for kickoffs and field goals. Field goals up to about 40. 142. Yeah, so if honestly I would I would hope we can kind of I mean hope we can kind of get sit, uh, like farther than that. Um but if Mevis, uh, I wish we had Mevis. Uh if if Gilbert can kind of consistently hit from the 40ish and if he can get to mid 40, I think that's yeah. fine. Um definitely wish it was better, but it is what it is. If you can get to the 30 and have an automatic three, that'd be ideal. Yeah, I mean, you think last year in the Kansas, it was not very long 40-yard field goals, and so if he can just kind of get consistent from that range, that's all Iowa State really needs out of him. Um, so that's a big thing for um, Gilbert, and I really hope he f- get it can get it together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, punter, Tyler Perkins. Um, just get it off and you're good. I don't... I try to find the long snapper here. I believe it was like, all right, Drake Konoblotch from Winterset, Iowa. There we go. Shout out to my grandparents. He would be from Winterset. <laughs> it's a long snapper town. Um, and then uh, punt returner is probably going to be Jalen again. Kick returner is interesting. Uh, it doesn't matter. We don't return it, It's probably going to be Jalen as well. But I would say Abu Sama. Cake returner yeah, would be great. I don't know if it's happening, but that would be my hope. Somebody with a little explosiveness, but we return about one every ten kicks. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, it doesn't matter too much. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the depth chart. And not really sure. I mean, I know we talked about players to look out for. We don't really have to go too deep on them. Um, oh, I got one. I would say my big one in terms of who I'm kind of really hoping to pan out is Greg Gaines. That's my big one. Um, I really hope he kind of steps into that role as kind of like a four receiver and they just kind of rotate. Um, I'm hoping J.J. can kind of also make his way up to the number two. Um, that's nothing against Rocco. I just think, you know, J.J.'s that really highly touted guy. Um, outside of that, I'm not really – I think offensively it's Greg Gaines for sure for me. Defensively, I will go with Ike. I think Ike's my guy that I'm really hoping can kind of evolve into that pass rush guy that Iowa State needs off the edge. 
So I would say my two are – I'll kind of take JJ out of the conversation. Um, I'll, I'll say Ike and Greg Gaines are my two to look out for this season. All right. I am officially announcing myself as the president. Oh, the I know your guy. Warren Adams <laughs> fan club. <laughs> he was repping with the twos in the spring game. He's 5'7", 165 pounds <laughs> from Phoenix, Arizona. He's my guy. Look out. Heisman watch for 2025. He's also a big bitter guy. Yeah, yeah. How did I not have bitter down on my wide receivers? <laughs> oh, that is a crime. Yeah, those are my guys: Corin Adams and Aiden Bitter, and then uh, the punter. Just get it off. Yeah, and he does have a leg. He just his That's just his leg. release is a little slow. Just don't have two block bunts in the same game, and we're good. Yeah, especially when it's just prog- Okay, the first PAT of the spring game was muffed. So I don't know what the special teams coach has been doing, <laughs> but it literally got worse. So that's fun. Jays to go two of two. Yeah, they win it. Uh, they win. They win it. Uh, that's that's more accurate. That's all that matters. Yeah. For now. Um, but yeah, though I think that's a quick touch on players to look out for. So we'll wrap it up here with a uniform talk, just some kind of fun to end it off. Um, we'll headline this with obviously Iowa State announced the jerseys they'll be wearing for the Jack Trice Throwback Game. That'll be October seventh versus TCU. The only home game in October. No, we are not mad about that whatsoever. Um, no, it's seriously annoying that Iowa State plays October 7th, and then their next home game is, I think it's maybe like November 4th or something versus Kansas. Um, Iowa State, after TCU goes to Cincinnati, has a bye, goes to Baylor, and then we're in November. So, BYU. Yes, after Kansas. Oh, yes. Um, uh, but, yeah, Iowa State will be wearing those to honor the 100-year legacy of Jack Trice. If you have not seen them, go look them up on Cyclone Football's Twitter or I believe Cyclone Equipment as well has it. Um, it's a white helmet with Ames on the side um, in red. The jerseys are red with kind of the gray Jack Trice stripes coming up from the bottom. It's very similar. The jersey's very similar to the, I think it was 2013 versus Iowa. Um, just looks a lot better. Um, the helmet's really cool. The pants throw me off a little bit. I'm not entirely sure if I like the color, but I do think it is supposed to, it is like a more accurate to the right. uniforms worn um, when Jack Trice was playing. Um, so overall, pretty cool. Um, throwbacks aren't usually my thing, but I think they look pretty good for the most part. I think the big thing, it's nice to see Iowa State doing something different. Yeah, for sure. I think what people are missing is their throwbacks, not alternates. Yes. So you can't just make up something and say, oh, no, we're going to do white pants. That's not what they wore in the 20s. No. So that, that's my biggest gripe with what I've seen on social media. I think they absolutely killed it. My, I don't know, like, I wasn't a huge fan of the gray, but if that's what they wore, then that's what you do for throwbacks. Yeah. And the Ames helmet's the best helmet we've had in a very long time. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think that's the thing I want to touch on. I mean, I, I brought up I may not like the pants, but it, I do respect that considering how they turned a 1923 jersey into a 2023 jersey, it's really impressive because it does look really good for a throwback. Yeah. I just wish they would have had, like, Jay Gilbert modeling it. <laughs> that would have been pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so to kind of – that was our touch on that. Um, so we just want to finish it off with our rankings of the 10 Iowa State jerseys. Now, we kind of played it into – 2021 and on um unfortunately i was they got rid of the black red red for whatever reason and the chrome white white um they only wore black black white once against baylor in 2020 so we took out those three uniforms specifically um obviously along with the grays but that i mean that's not even in consideration here yellows (laughs) um so yeah we kind of have the 10 jerseys um over the last two years and the throwbacks will be included in our list you want to go from 10 to 1 yeah all right my 10 if you have listened to the podcast i just i'm just not a fan of these and it's maybe because the amount of times i wore them red white red just don't know why just i'm just kind of sick of them okay um i'm thinking we're gonna match up a lot but number 10 i have all red okay just boring 
like we wore them against West Virginia. But they had the black under them, and I didn't like that. If you're going to wear all red, wear red underneath it. Don't wear the black with it. I think we wore all red against Iowa in 2019. That was... And that weird rain delay game. Should have retired them there and never wore them again. <laughs> you have so many better options at home. Yeah, there, there really are. I, I will say, though, because we haven't, Iowa State hasn't worn them that often, I do enjoy them when, when we get to see them because they have kind of become rare in a sense. Um, but if they wear the black underneath them, I don't like wearing all red. Like, I did not like wearing the black sleeves or socks and shoes against West Virginia. Like, the last time they wore pure all red was Louisiana, which maybe is why they don't wear them anymore. Huh. Almost like we don't play well in them. <laughs> Um, going into my number nine, this might upset some people. I have the throwbacks. Um, again, as I mentioned, I am just not a huge throwback person in general. I agree with Brandon that I think Iowa State did a really good job in nailing these. Throwbacks just isn't my type. I like that Iowa State's doing something new, but I'm more of I want to introduce more alternates or alternate helmets. Throwbacks just aren't really my jam. So sorry for everyone. I know a lot of people like them. I'm just not a throwbacks guy in general. Like I know a lot of people even like the Kelly Greens, the Eagles, or the creamsicles from the Bucks. I'm just, I'm just not a throwback guy. Like none of that stuff's my jam. So I'm sorry, but yeah. That's a crime. <laughs> I have your number ten, red, white, red. It's typically the road uniform at some random conference game down in Oklahoma State or something. It's just not the best. Red pants overall is just not it. Yeah, most times it's just, it's just not. It's better than the yellow, but. You have better options now. Yeah. My eight is white, white, red. Um, the, uh, yeah. Just, there's not a lot to talk about for that. Just white, red is my eight. Eight through four, or no, eight through five, I have who cares. Because they're all the same. <laughs> there's all red, red, white, red are terrible. Everything else is tolerable. And the top four are one through four very substantial. Alright, well, I'll, I'll hit it off then, because I went from, I have like a very general care. Now, I do have seven, I have all red at seven, which is, and again, the reason I have that is because they've become rare, and I kind of miss them every now and then. Um, my six is uh, red, white, hold on, that's not right. Red, white, red. What? Sorry, guys. Oh, that's supposed to be red, red, white, white. Sorry. Red, white, white. Yes, that is correct. Red, white, white is my number six. Um, my number five is white, black, white. Maybe a little low for some people. I do like those, um, but I did not. I was not really a big fan of wearing those versus Iowa. Um, and that was the last time we've seen them. Don't know if we'll see them again. I think for rivalry games across college football, it, it should be, be both color primary color. colors. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, USC, UCLA, they both wear their home uniforms. Nobody wants to see Iowa's white. Their black, white, yellow yeah. is just not it's a good road uniform. They, they can come here and they can wear their black, black, yellow. And honestly, if that's what you want to wear all red every year, I'm cool with that. Or red, red, white. Yeah. Like, wear your primary helmet and uniform. Yeah. The pant doesn't really matter to me. But wear your home helmet or your primary helmet and primary uniform. I'm completely with you there. Um, but now we'll jump into four. My four is red, red, white, which I know you had pretty low, didn't you? Red, red, white. Or maybe it was in your no That's one cares. In my who cares. <laughs> um, the red, red, white was my favorite red jersey. Um, until this year, I kind of have grown custom to something that will be up higher. Um, I do like the red, red, white. Again, it is better than all red. It just kind of adds. It's not the same bland thing from top to bottom. So I will say the reds look better when it's not sunny. Yes. In September, you should never wear red. <laughs> well, that's my rule. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> my number four is the throwbacks. I would have them at number one if it was just a one game season. Yeah. But it's a throwback for a reason. You wear it once. I'd like to see them wear the helmets more. Sure. I don't think it's going to happen, but the one thing with the helmet, it does. It's not like a. I mean, you can certainly wear that with the white jerseys. Right, you know? it's not like the pants where it doesn't work with anything else. Yeah. So, I hope they use that in the future. Will they? Not sure. But, I, I again, and this is what I'll talk about since we're kind of talking about hitting on the helmets real quick. Um, the bugle did not work out, but I at least appreciate their 
efforts of trying to give us something different because let's be honest everyone if you do not think that i state is boring horrible then there's just something off um it's it's a fine logo i think it, it would be a better suited as an alternate um but i would really like and i, I don't ha- we don't have pictures that we can show you maybe i'll make a twitter post about this to kind of connect you one um but there's kind of a mix of the like the red and navy side yep. it's kind of like the tornado but it's more modernized and it's red and yellow that one is really cool um and i think after this episode i will post a thing just to kind of talk to you guys about that that'd be one i really like there's this one of a sigh um that is if you take off the iowa state at the top it's just like a cool look of sigh obviously the best one is walking sigh but i don't think iowa state is very in with throwbacks again this is the throwback uniform is a little different um but the walking sigh would be beautiful to see um but again just switch up the helmets every now and then. Um, add a, like a logo, different logo every now and then. You can keep the same color of helmet, but just change the logo every now and then. Yeah. I mean, I think like Minnesota does something really cool where they have just their boring M, but then on the other side they have like a different variation of the Gopher. Yeah. And so it's like something like that. Just give us something where we can actually see our mascot represented, and it's not just an I and state. Get the Oklahoma State helmet crew in Ames. <laughs> yes. They have the best helmets. I mean, you're talking about what would be super sick. You know how they have their old school cowboy, just yeah. walking sigh. Oh, like, like I mean, it's just I, I think, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge throwback guy. But if you just did like a throwback logo on a helmet and keep your regular jerseys, like homecoming, like that'd be cool. You have a tradition where you do an old logo yeah. on the helmet for your homecoming game. I, it's just something. It's just a little boring. Is TCU homecoming? Oh shoot! No, it's probably Kansas. They probably wouldn't have homecoming in the Jack Trice game on the... Yeah, that's true. Anyway, you got it right. Walking Psy is the best logo. And then that's the Blender Psy. Yeah. And I I do like the Blender modernized Psy with the current colors, and it doesn't have, like, Iowa State Cyclones across it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. While we're on topic, we need to get the helmet car back. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Elite. (laughs) Bring that back for homecoming. Yeah, just just give us something different every now and then. That's we all we're really asking for. We're watching games that are ten to seven. We need something to watch. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but what we did our fours, so we'll get into our threes. Um, this one is really hard for me um, in terms of the two and the three. They're very interchangeable. But I have all white as my three. There's a chance I might feel. Uh, there's a chance I might say they're two by the end of the episode. Um, but I do have all white as my three for now. I have all black simply because they wore them like every single game in 2020 and I got sick of them. Yeah. I think they've they've done their course. I don't know. I'm, they need to add white and, or red and yellow into them. They're just plain. Again, I think this would be a cool opportunity to do something different with the helmet. So keep the black uniforms, but some like the Jack Tri stripes on the helmet. Or again, give us a different, a more, a different, like a logo with Psy on it. You see, okay, we're getting really uniform talky, but that it's a uniform segment. Um, so yeah, my number two is white, red, white. This might be high. I don't it's know as well. It's your two, okay. This one really grew on me after last year. Uh, it's I don't, the best home uniform. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I do like that red, red, white is a little. It does give you that more red poppy, and I or give has a more pop of red which is nice every now and then. That's why, I mean, I don't have it that far down. It's my four, red, red, white. But yeah, white, red, white, I think it's the perfect balance, especially since they've made it so it's the red face mask. I think the face mask is key in these uniforms as well. Um, But it's just kind of, you you get your uniform, but it's just the red's there, and then it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just a really good look, and I'm really glad the seniors loved it because they used it a ton last season, and it looked great, especially when it was really sunny. I think the less red, in the, I, I don't know. It, it just looked really good against in those September games against SEMO. Um, it was overcast for Ohio. But SEMO and Baylor, I thought they looked really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, while we're on the topic of logos, <laughs> you just keep igniting a spark in my head. <laughs> what Was it 2020 that they changed the field to yes, the black and white? And that, they do need to do that more. They need to do that for TCU. And put the stripes as the main logo. That would be sweet. Yeah, that that'd be super cool. And I would also agree. Like, 
I would also, again, make the blacks an alternate. If you want to wear them twice, that's okay in my mind. It's fine. But I think if you're going to wear blacks, commit. Change the field. When they did black and white versus Oklahoma, it looks sick. Um, It clashes when you have red logos and end zones and then black jerseys. If you want to do that, that's fine. But then, as Brandon noted, kind of do a different black and add something like Tennessee where they have blackouts, but they have the orange on the numbers. Louisville. Yeah, it's just if you want to do a black with that kind of field, you need to add more red or, like, some yellow outlines in there. Obviously, not just black and yellow, but red with a little yellow in there just if you want to kind of have that. And that's why I kind of think, like, that black helmet for the black, red, red a couple years ago, it was cool because it was a – it was the red I was. It was the red IA state, and, but on the black helmet. Yep. So that's where you kind of get your mix. But yeah, if you're gonna wear blacks, go all out, change the field. That's why I kind of almost want to only wear blacks one night a year or one night a, yeah, one one game a season. Um, hopefully, preferably a night game against a big team. I know they kind of have turned into the senior day uniforms, but whatever. Yeah. Um, while we're on top of all black, that is my number one. I really do love it. I do love the ideas of alternates. Um, I They have gotten to a point where they have used them a little bit too much. Um, so that's why, again, I kind of want to tone it down and do just like once a year. But all blacks are just really cool for me. So that, that's my one. For sure all blacks should be Texas, and that is senior day. So that'll work out. Yeah. And if that, like, I'm perfectly fine with that, but just don't be wearing them versus Oklahoma State in September because you're not wearing them versus TCU, and I really hope you don't wear them versus Kansas. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Anyways, number one, I have all white. I would have black, red, red, but they retired it because we couldn't win. Yeah. And this is, I, I mean, you're not going to retire in all white, but that scares me because I don't think they've ever won in all white under Campbell. Unless I've missed something, I'm not sure they've ever won in all white under Matt. What did they wear against Akron? I think it was it was technically all white, but it was different helmet. Okay, was it the white helmet with the? It was the white helmet, but like the it was like more of the black Iowa State logo, but it was red. Yeah. Or the yep. the black uniform Iowa State logo. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um. But yeah, we're at forty six minutes now. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed our prolonged jersey talk. Um. Some kind of fun, and I think a cool way or a kind of positive way to end and what our eyes is year one. So. Um, This is my time to say, or our time to say thank you to everyone who has listened and supported us on Twitter. Obviously, um, nothing big yet. We're going to grow. Um, And we are going to be working on some stuff in the off-season that we'll be happy to kind of present to you. Going to try to upgrade the show a little bit um, for your guys' viewing. Um, And so we'll try to explain more about that once we make that official also working on a few projects no real guarantee if they're going to work out but if they do it'll be something really cool for you guys so thanks to everyone who has stuck around for year one this has been something really fun for the two of us um and i think it's also for me personally i get really mad after football games and after the season kind of having an audience to kind of just express my pain to it was it was relieving to say the least so i again appreciate you guys all for sticking around and really excited for year two um Again, not entirely sure what that looks like um, when we'll get episodes out to you, but here's my plug to check us out on Twitter so you do get that news of what we have going on. Um, So, yeah, Uh, I did just think of something before we wrap it up. NFL Draft, I think think we're recording this on Monday. I think we're going to post this. I think I'm going to plan to post this on Wednesday. So tomorrow, first round, Will has a chance to break the 50-year streak. Um, He's the best shot. Um, I think Hutch, I think Will is either going to be, he's, he's either going to be a first rounder or he's going to be just like Brees last year where he's in like essentially the top five to seven picks of the second round. I'm convinced NFL GMs hate (laughs) Iowa State. Yeah. After you hear that the Jets almost took Brees. At 26 when they traded up. And it's like David almost went in the first round. Yeah. And Hakeem somehow fell to the third round. I still forget that. He should be on the NFL team this offseason. And Lazard goes undrafted. It, yep. it just doesn't make that much sense. Brock goes seventh round. And this is even before he's, you know, Mr. Irrelevant to what he is, Mr. Relevant, uh, how Mike never got drafted. And it just 
Not really sure, but Will's probably the best shot Iowa State has. TJ will certainly have a shot next year, and then maybe Dominic Orange down the future. I think he's definitely a guy to keep your eyes out for the next few years. Corn Adams. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, hopefully Will can break that streak. I think Hutch is probably a third to fourth round guy. That'd be my. I think he's gonna fall more Hakeem range, weirdly. And I think he'll stick maybe longer than Hakeem, and he'll kind of get his chance to prove wrong. Um, and Anthony Johnson, I think, will have a chance anywhere from the sixth to seventh round. Not really sure on MJ Anderson. I haven't really heard any positive draft stock around him. Um, but, yeah, keep your eyes out this weekend. Uh, we'll definitely tweet out when those guys get drafted. Um, but it would be cool to see a couple more Cyclones get added to playing on Sundays. And Certainly really cool to see the amount of Cyclones that are kind of getting headlines right now. Um, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers stuff going around, and there's a graphic, and there's two Cyclones on the graphic about this huge trade for Aaron Rodgers going to New York. So uh, really cool area for Cyclones fans, um, especially if Iowa State football isn't going good. This is kind of your switch to maybe check more stuff out on Sundays if you guys aren't really already an NFL fan. Obviously, Brock, when he gets healthy. Um, Brees, when he comes back from his ACL. Obviously, Lazard. Um, David in Detroit now, uh, Charlie Kohler, um, Hutch, Will. Um, it's it's a really cool time to say that there's multiple guys playing in the NFL. And A.J. Klein's back for, like, year 11, so. Yeah. I selfishly hope Will goes to the Chiefs. Shut up so right now. Him. Shut up. <laughs> I just want to watch him. I can't watch the Jets, you know? Well, like, eh. yeah. Anyways, 196 days until basketball, if you're wondering. Well, it was 133 days till football on whenever the spring game was. So we're some, what would, what would that be now? 132, 131? Yep. All right. Mass hard. Not really. Um, but, yeah, you guys, quick ramble. Forgot about the NFL talk. But, again, thank you all for listening in year one. So before we go ahead and officially close it off, Brandon, any final thoughts from today's episode? Um, support Corn Adams. <laughs> What is, are you, you going to be, are you gonna be his, his main um, lead for his presidency campaign? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's my guy. <laughs> he's number 23 as well as receiver. Disgusting number for a receiver, yeah. but he's your guy, so I guess I respect it. Look, all you need to be is Trevor Ryan and do well, screens. That, that's why you need Aiden Bitter to switch to 19, let's be honest here. Yeah, but he's not fast. I guess. He made but he's one got catch. the toe-drag swag. That, that's all you need. So he's not Trevor Ryan, <laughs> which, by the way, was is on the coaching staff, isn't he? He's he's like an assistant strength guy. He's okay. He's part of the strength that staff. Makes, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys, um, that's gonna go ahead and do it. Once again, please check us out on Twitter. That'll be in the description down below. Um, it's also at Side of the Storm. If you guys just want to go ahead and check that out, in the description as well will be our personal Twitters. Um, for whatever reason you want to learn about the tar- Chargers, I, I guess follow me. Um, but, yeah. Other than that, that's all we got for you. Once again, it was a fun year one. Looking forward to bigger and better things in year two. Until the next time, not sure when that will be. Roll clones, baby.